broadcasting from a dark basement office. The FBI's most unwanted presents the X-Files podcast. You know, audio issues abound. But seven years, man, it's still uh, still a learning process. Oh, that's good. You know that's what? good. Do I, is... do, do I sound squirrely again to you? Oh, yeah. That's oh, that's so dope. Yeah, listen. Tep is fugit, pal. So, well, we must be we... broadcasting from a 737 <laughs> going over upstate New York because we are having big time hydraulic issues i mean pointing the nose straight down into the ground takes a tremendous amount of talent <laughs> that's a pilot who's determined to kill himself yeah, that's like that yeah, german boy who's just like i'm going in the mountain passengers and all you know right you're, you're actually flighting fighting flighting <laughs> fighting flight aerodynamics at that point. yeah like the plane kind of wants to continue to go forward and you're like no <laughs> the plane <laughs> no, no, is no. interested in self-preservation <laughs> if you shut the plane off, it will kind of keep going. It's true. Um, the chat's a light tonight. This is being recorded live. LibertyGeek.net slash live. And I'm going to tell you this right now. The chat is concerned for you. Like they know that this, that they know that we have uh, delivered a lot of hyperbole over the years. That's what we do. And one of the things um, we talk about a lot is Pendril, specifically you. And uh, they're concerned for you this evening. They're concerned for your well-being. They're concerned, sir. Uh, they want to make sure you're okay because, well, let's not bury the lead. Uh, Pendril died. He got <sighs> shot by one bullet and he died, which is fine. I mean, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> but let's not bury like the a, lead. Yeah. Like a, um, like a first-level commoner in D&D, he had four hit points and that was enough. And I do have a special message with the chat to the chat, which is, um, Roger, great to see you here. Literally everyone else, go fuck your own face because Roger understands what Team Pendrel is all about. Mm. And everyone else, you know, it's a, what's this a might bummer? Be, you know, in, in, a, in, in a year when they make the behind the scenes VH1 special on the X-Files podcast and how it ended, it's going to be tonight. <laughs> We should probably wrap it up because <laughs> here's why it's going to be tonight. Cause I'm going to say a couple things today and you're not going to like them. And I'm just warning <laughs> you in advance. <laughs> I just don't know if emotionally be, I'm still that connected <laughs> to the television program. There'll be black, there'll be black and white photos of like me sitting slumped in the corner, you know, with uh, like a fucking guitar <laughs> in my hand and like another one of you just like throwing your hands up in another photo. <laughs> like the day the X-Files podcast broke up. <laughs> it's the day you know, that Dean had a small divergence, even the smallest, <laughs> even though, even though he appreciates Pendrel, the smallest divergence on a small set of behaviors that kind of annoyed him. <laughs> That's it. And, and let's, let's just ignore what is all in all a great episode. Sure. A great episode of television directed by Rob Bowman. One of the greatest shots in this show so far. One of the most impressive shots is in this show, um, in this episode, I think. There's a couple great uh, ones, but... There's a bunch of great... Down at the crash site? Yes. The flyover on the crash site's incredible. Fucking so good. That's like Hollywood movie now. Flying over, strewn debris, 
bunch of the yellow coat people cruising around, but just taking the time to make that shot to show air wreckage scattered across miles. I mean, they didn't sweep. It wasn't like a sweeping mile, like helicopter shot, but it was really cool for them to take the time for Bowman to go, Hey, this is, this is fucking wild. The, the bodies in the hangar. This is uh very nine 11, like the fucking come, come identify their shit. Oh, that's your shoes. Oh Jesus. You know, yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of shit to like in this episode. So do we get the Pendrel stuff out of the way in the beginning or should we save it? For the true emotional climax of the episode and our episode. Based on the way you positioned that, I think you're feeling the latter, and I don't care. So we'll go. (laughs) (laughs) I I picked up on your cell job, pal. (laughs) This will uh, be a big part of the (laughs) the, um, (laughs) behind the music. There's just a clip of me going, why didn't you just fucking say you wanted to wait? Friction started early. Punch in the fucking camera. In the final episode. (laughs) Their usual rampart was clearly at odds tonight. <laughs> Indications came early that the X-Files podcast may be on Once a he started path. with the Pendrel stuff, man, he just wouldn't stop. He like, we wasn't the same person. Pendrel, Pendrel every day. Pendrel, Pendrel, Pendrel every fucking day. I, I, he, we lost him. He didn't show up to practice. He was fucking, <gasps> all you could say was Pendrel. I'm, I'm like, where's the fucking harmony? You know, boop. They bleep it out, you know. Where's did you see my Did you see my Facebook profile picture? I, I did when we tried a Facebook call a moment ago. Oh, okay. Did Why was it that? It? Can, <laughs> can we talk about that particular face? Did it I have mean, to be that face? Did I mean, it have to be the God, my head's against my microphone. You did, <laughs> did, it, did it have you, to be that picture? You I gotta did. meet it head on. Because you can't oh, even the truest Pendrel defender can't deny what Pendrel is. And he is, you know. Well, are we doing this or are we holding off? Will you make <sighs> up your mind for Christ? <laughs> Let's talk Tempest Fugit. All right. Season four, episode whatever the fuck number, Tempest Fugit. Dean, what'd you think? I was into I was into discount Trisha Helfer, the lady with the nostrils. Yeah. She was like <laughs> if Trisha Helfer like that she's one of those people who's like, Oh, I look just like like her friends, are like, you look just like Trisha Helfer. And they're like, you don't really. But I'm gonna say it anyway. You know? Sure, yeah. sure wish. Yeah. Bet exactly. you wish you did. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You look just like him. Her, excuse me. Is but that no, um uh, bunch of shit to like in this episode? Bunch of shit. Mm. I only saw I gotta be honest. I only saw it one time. Uh me too in its entirety. Yeah. 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 I, I, I had I, one yeah, yeah. full watch and then one like on while I was doing other stuff. Yeah, I got you. I had a two re- double recording day. Four, I'm doing four shows in three days this week. It's one of those weeks and no Dune, but I did the Dune movie, so I'm Duned out for like a week. Give me a break. Mm, no spoilers. Haven't seen it yet. Yeah, no spoilers. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is kind of a sneaky, like, you know, middle late in season four and all of a sudden, you know, we kind of, we're stumbling through, not stumbling, probably a bad term because they're not all bad, but you know, we just kind of worked our way through a bunch of monster of the weeks, some mm-hmm. better, some worse. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of get a one, two punch. And I have to be honest, I forgot. I remembered almost everything about this episode and I still forgot it was a two parter. Like I was looking at time remaining and I was like, wait, there's a couple other things that happened, right? Mm. I forgot that. This whole thing is a is a two parter. Um, so, 
it probably should go without saying I didn't remember this episode at all. I didn't even know until I was about to watch the episode that he got killed. Uh, I didn't know it was a two-parter. I certainly don't remember any of the details. I probably didn't even know who the fuck he was in my first watch. I'm like, who is this guy again? Oh, he's the fucking lab guy. You know, <laughs> like it's it's funny, man. It's it's interesting the shit I remember and the shit I don't and the shit I've blown by and the shit I haven't in terms of X Files episodes. But there is funny a lot and, to like and hurtful when you when you talk about it that way. But yeah, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh here's the other thing. Um, there's a lot of love for Max in the chat. And I don't remember who Max is, and I feel like a like a fraud. I know who that, he is now, having seen the episode, but I don't remember his importance to the show. Um, it but, jumps back to I think it's it's Fallen Angel, which yeah, I think is season one, mm-hmm. and he he's like this zany abductee, kind of sad. Keeps fucking bleeding out of the goddamn nose. He is part of was it Nikon, U Ufon, Mufon, Nikon, Mufon? the camera people. Nikon, yeah, he's a big Lord Nikon big into lenses, also known as Tintin. <laughs> big into yeah, big into lenses. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's like a three-season-away comeback. Okay, cool. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah, but he, he and Mulder kind of have a, like, they kind of have a connection because hmm. he's a sad, crazy person, and Mulder's like, okay, I, Wait, is I it smell now, your step linen. I don't know if you're going to like this, but did they did Bowman seem more interested in Max's death and Mulder's acting than... than <laughs> it, it felt a little more like, a little more dripping with sauce, as it were. Also, shout out to Carolyn in the chat. Uh, I really like the head, the sergeant and the head crash dude. The head crash dude is excellent. I, he really stood out to me. Oh, yeah. He was such a solid fucking actor. He had this like Belichickian way about him, and I just really liked this guy. And I was hoping he wasn't going to be in on it at the end, and he wasn't, and that was awesome. Yeah, one of the better moments when he kind of comes around to them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and not like... He knows what's up. Like, I, I, nah, he's great. I, I'm the it's, openings, the opening flyover right now is happening. It's fucking amazing. It's a it's, I think shot. it's um, Joe Spano, but let's just call him lead investigator because I don't lead investigator. Will say ever say his name? Lead investigator, and let's refer to the other guy, the investigation guy who ends up being in on it and shooting Pendrel as Mustache Man, Tom Scarrett. just for the sake of clarity. It's skinny Scarrett, skinny skinny Scarrett, skinny Selleck. Yes. Mush, um, Skellic, and Scarrett together, and you got him. Scott Garrett. So kind of in the ballpark. Ooh, that's his fucking name in real life? Yeah, in real life. Dude, his parents were on one. That's why he grew the mustache. <laughs> yes. That's why he grew the mustache, for sure. Greg Michaels, he plays. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, this is, it's it's crazy how fast I don't have a great eye for cinematography. I can look at probably something better like, than you think you do. I think you, I think you probably better than you think you do. Maybe whatever, but you know, the, you know, I, I look at something like that looks cool. That looks great. Whatever. Um, but I, when it comes to X-Files, like sitting here and watching episode after episode, after episode, it is so quickly clear. This is a Rob Bowman joint. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like he's, I didn't even have to pro. look it up. I was he's like, Oh, this is Rob Bowman. Like the first, like the first sequence in the fucking, they're in the plane all, and that's all you see. And then there's a shot of the guy talking about a scotch and water. And I used to be fucking afraid of flying too. And then just how the camera swivels around and Max is beyond him by the window and slowly comes into focus. And it's like, basically, if it looks like a movie, 
It's probably Rob Bowman when it comes to X Files. Yeah, uh, just just all the crash stuff. The the, the oh, you know, all of that stuff is amazing. Just just observe the tracking shot with the woods between uh, Scully and Mulder as they're walking. There's a lot of great tracking shots. Uh, a lot of a lot of um, Steadicam stuff where he's kind of down in there. It's not even. It's I mean, it's less of a tracking shot. It's not like on track or anything, but just clever use of the terrain and really putting us there, putting us like, yeah. if we were a bystander looking through the woods, cause we live nearby at them investigating, we would be seeing what these cameras are showing. He's just, he's just has such an eye for cinema. It's just really yep. impressive. And it's, you know, it's funny. It's, it's the still recorded um, or, or filmed in, in Vancouver. Cause that's where they were based. And we've seen a lot of episodes where we're like, oh, this looks suspiciously like the Pacific Northwest. You know, they, they found a spot that didn't really. It's like, yeah, it's still forest, but it's like swampy, marshy forest. And it's kind of spread out. And there's it's kind of boggy. And this plane crash scattered amongst it made it this kind of just very kind of, you know, I say alien, small a, not Mulder, capital A alien. But just this like strange – <laughs> yeah coming over the border um signed up but yeah man it, it is and those shots are great and it it just made, immediately made me think of how hard it was to do this then for the show on the mm. budget and you know you compare it to nowadays and tv shows a lot of them especially netflix and amazon what hbo whatever bigger budgets but also man a helicopter shot used to be a helicopter and that's a big deal and what you yeah, do with drones you now tell. yeah 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 like that is a fucking helicopter and you don't get as many takes and it's harder to do. And you know, the, the camera is different, but for what it was, it was perfect mm-hmm. because it, you know, man, coming up over I, that, I, that, go ahead. No, just over that field. It's you, you almost get an emotional connection to the crash just because it's Agreed. shot so well without Agreed. giving a fuck or knowing anything about anyone in it. Besides if you recognize Max. Correct. That's why the shot's so good. A, you know, you can you can use drones to great effect to shoot cinema. Um, one of the nice things about this helicopter shot is, you know, they it, it seemed a bit unstable almost by design. It's not it's not on a gyro or whatever the fuck they put them on. It's it's it feels like a news camera. It feels like it could be a a, a law enforcement camera on a, attached to a helicopter. Um, this was used to great effect in the, in, in the show, the wire when Kima Greggs gets shot and we had this like aerial unit of the scene. We're like, fuck. And yeah. that, it, it kind of reminded me of this, of the wire, this, this moment where it, the whole thing breaks bad in that show. And you're like, Oh my God, when their officers are shot and the actual response of what that would be like and how everyone in the goddamn department goes down from the chief all the way down goes to the scene, you know, real response and real support. And, uh, and it had this feeling. It's like these two FBI agents are, are wandering amongst all these other people. It's just such a big scene. It's so massive. There's so many people. Yeah. There's so even, much shit everywhere. Even the briefing. It was like, you yeah, know, we, it's great. we always get these briefing scenes and it's like Skinner and, you know, three or four FBI agents that we don't recognize, a few other guys in the background and Mulder and Scully. And mm-hmm. it's like this room that is fucking packed with people. Yep. There's 30, 40 people all these different agencies, all these different badges, and it just makes it feel like a bigger fucking deal. Absolutely. And And it it also adds weight to when Mulder pulls his shenanigans, it's not just a few FBI guys rolling their their eyes. It felt 
full on fucking awkward. Yes. Full on awkward when he talks about Max Fennig was a multiple abductee. Yeah. yeah and you're yeah. like, Jesus Christ, dude. Come it, it, on. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It 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 it's it's interesting. Uh it's a it's a good observation because a lot of times we'll see Mulder make these observations and we kind of laugh. I can't remember the last time where we felt squeamish. I was squeamish. That's what I mean. Yeah. Think about, think yeah. about that. It's almost like we want to sink down in our seats, right? In the movie theater <laughs> yes. when we're like, are they doing this in this movie? Why are we great, doing this in the movie? Great response from Mikey lead investigator to, to not only, yes, he does kind of poke fun of, of him at the end. He does. But to be like, you're disrespecting the whole investigation and all these people that died. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of what a lot of people would think. Like, not just, oh, this crazy guy, Spooky Mulder, and his crazy theories. Like, we are here to solve the death of 134 people, you clown show motherfucker. Yeah. Should we listen to some of the briefing just for funsies? <laughs> I love it. To listen to this little man, this little bad motherfucker. Let's turn it up a little, and here we go. All right, here we go. Now is that the plane designated as Flight 549 lost radio contact tonight at 1900 hours EDT and subsequently crashed into a wooded area approximately 30 miles from Albany, New York. Local law enforcement and EMTs have been on the scene for just under two hours, but initial reports are they've found no survivors yet. Of the 134 passengers and crew listed on the manifest. I wish I could tell you that we had more information about the crash site, but darkness and the terrain are gonna make it pretty slow going until morning. We have a tape. This guy's just awesome, man. He's just—he just has such a pro move, you know. He just seems he, so he professional and calm. Yeah. Yep. He seems like the kind of guy that would run this thing for sure. Hundred percent. That's awesome. And that mustache guy—I don't know if we've seen him before. I feel like we have. Mm. Yeah. It's possible. Mustache man. Steady airspeed two nine or six. We did we did uh, just a minor note to um, Mulder finally remembering Scully's uh, birthday because mm. he does it in dog years. Um, was that a uh, what are those awful pastries you could find in like a truck stop? The snow. It's it's cap, yeah, snow. It's something like that. Snow something. Yeah, it's got like a f- like cake material and then this like marshmallowy snowball. Layer. It's when he. You know, yeah, and then and she, then, yeah, and then he <laughs> in a row, by the way, like, uh, like <laughs> 37 <laughs> snowball, it is a snowball. You suck that guy's dick, all right. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> all right. So, no, it's um, no, I just it's a great scene. Uh, I think the point you made about the room being packed is a very good point because this is easy to make feel too thin. Because how many people are going to be involved in this? So many people are going to be in this on this investigation. This is a major fucking thing, and um, and yeah, I think that's just this whole this whole setup makes us feel like we're dealing with something quite serious and not silly. This episode never verges into this silly, which is I think what I love about it. Yes, and 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 you call that gr- in, in a very good how you describe that because. It has to hold that through the whole episode, and mm-hmm. it does. Yeah. It starts with a briefing, that awesome overhead helicopter shot, them down in the wreckage. There's so many people working in the background. There's so much shit. The set is so huge. Um, 
and then when it moves inside, I don't know what you call that, like the that reconstruction thing they do in the hangar where they kind of like line up all the parts of the plane. Yeah, it's awesome. And then and then the the recover body recovery area, whatever they call it, was just all those bodies lined up. But that stays so consistent through the whole episode where it feels like a big event always. And it's cool because yes, the crash is a big deal. But I think we've seen a lot of other episodes of the X-Files where there's kind of a big event that happens, but the X-File is only like a little part of it. So you get like a little skim, you know, a skim reference to it. You see something or there's references to it, but then you kind of only deal in like a little portion of it. But here, even though, yes, the crash, it's kind of what's behind everything, but their investigation is, you know, about Max and about what caused the crash. They didn't have to take as much work as they did to show that this is part of this giant investigation and that there is all these people and all this shit is happening. But the the effort that went into it and the execution of it just gave it so much more legitimacy and more weight. And I think it made what could have felt like another kind of one of Mulder's narrow-minded jump to conclusions matt thing which is at the end of the day kind of what he is on and of course as always he's right um but it just it, it gave it the context or or i don't know the right word for it but it just made it feel part of this big thing and it gave it more significance and then you add this conspiracy element on top of it of not just there's aliens you know involved in the crash potentially but when you get to you know, the Air Force guys, when you get to the mustache guy, that fucking great scene at the crash site when they when they find the dude that was there for Max and they get the composite gun or whatever that is off him. Mm-hmm. They blind his, you know, blank out his face and his fingerprints. I don't know, man. Like the effort made into the the big picture background made the story, I think, just stronger. It's it's and it's a dangerous game you're playing when you do this, right? It's 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 a dangerous game from a storytelling perspective because you could easily make this about too many things at once if you're not careful. But that's where I think a guy like Bowman can can string along some scenes to keep it tight. But um, but the point is made, and it's very well made. What you said, just this idea of the sense of scale gives a sense of seriousness, and and you can speculate as to why. A couple of reasons, maybe. Maybe we don't remember Max, and maybe we need context to add some weight to this in, in its entirety. But also, I think your decision is we're going to make a plane go down, and we're going to stick investigators on it, and one of the people on the plane is the subject of the investigation, so we better, we better make the setting work, right? We better make the setting feel lived in and difficult, and Mulder looking into the body bag, looking over the family, identifying their loved one, uh, that, that, that sort of shared moment of grief Obviously, much less so for Mulder, but 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 it gets to another point I want to make. You're talking about how this plays into the story from a meta perspective and how it impacts the audience, and and I like that. And here's what I'll say in a slight different vein. The other thing I think this episode does very well is it allows Mulder and Scully to feel the weight themselves, and as performers, as David. Duchovny and of course Gillian Anderson show me in this week's episode is that they are also feeling the weight of this. Um, <clears throat> Mulder's scene in the body identification recovery area 
I think is really good from him. Uh, just his, his face in dealing with Max. I, I'm, I'm, I made a joke at the top about this feeling, the feeling, the impact of Max's death and how Pendril seemed rather brief and quick. And Mulder, we kind of linger on his face. And, um, and these, both of these actors get this opportunity to just be like, hey, this is serious. We're working. There's a million professionals around us who are probably super competent, great at what they do. Both actors are aware of the scale and the setting. They're standing in this hangar that Bowman made, and they've, they've, they've walked around the crash site. For the actors, they must feel like, wow, this is, this is a big fucking production. And, and maybe, it's, and so it seems, I can't say because I can't read minds, but they almost feel as if they feel a little muted, but I mean that in a very good way. Because they don't feel like we're here to save the day. We're running around. There's a, there's a heaviness on their faces this whole episode. There's just a heaviness that hangs on them. And it's this 130-something dead civilians who died on a fucking plane. So, you know, it works from a story perspective, but it also works in the way that we're watching the actors behave. It's cool. It's really good I love shit. it. I think that's, like, that's great. It's spot on. Yeah, I mean, it might, in a way, put, like, pressure on them. Not that, not that they're not both going to do their jobs. But they feel grim, right? They they have a grim countenance on their faces. Weight and scale, I think, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I mean, ask or, or don't ask because I don't fucking have any, I don't have any experience or whatever, but watch, um, you know, watch interviews or read things about people that film in front of green screens and how hard it is to anybody in any of the prequels. Yeah, and to summon up the proper delivery or to feel the weight of the scene you're in when you just have to fucking completely play make-believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but versus, like, you're in a hangar. It's a big, giant hangar building, and there's, a full you set. know, 30 extras moving around and 80 body bags, and it's a little easier to maybe kind of be like, okay, feel some fucking weight walking down these rows of bodies. And, uh, you know, it's funny when I was kind of saying obtusely about like, yeah, other episodes, a perfect reference, the very last episode we did unrequited, uh-huh. which is about this kind of giant scale conspiracy and layers of conspiracy. And there's generals being executed in this massive, uh, speech at the Vietnam Memorial and, a, a parade, but we get these little tiny shots of it. Mm-hmm. And it, we, it just really like, you know, not a bad episode, but you never feel like the scale like you do in this because they cheap out because they kind of have to. It's TV, whatever. Um, yeah, but yeah, you go in, the in other words, you don't and, feel the devastation that Vietnam wrought upon these men as much as you feel the devastation wrought upon this town by this crash. Sure. Yeah. 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 Yep. For sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it's good. Um, and it is, I guess, more of a Mulder episode if you had to sure. If you had to put it in that light. I mean, I think we get a lot of good time with them together. Um, but it is a little bit more Mulder, and especially towards the end, he kind of gets to go off on his little solo quest, fucking scuba Steve style. <laughs> it's um, a Mulder episode, Pendrel gets shot. What's that tell you? <laughs> it's fucked it's up. funny. Yeah. <laughs> We get so little of Max, even though he's get kind of a big part of it. We love it. I mean, he's live for what? You know, the first 30 seconds of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about the role of the sister and 
her, you know, how she was used to introduce not evidence or, you know, um, kind of some of the conspiracy elements and then her abduction, her reappearance, you know, don't want to talk too much about it without getting into the, the yes, following episode. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not really you know sure. What? Let me just cut that, nip that one in the bud. It's going to be easier to talk about after we watch part two, I think. Okay. Well, here's what I yeah. will say, just because I don't remember part two at all, is I'll just say quite simply, I feel like we need some kind of mouthpiece to inform us about Max's goings on. We need something. Okay. Yeah. If you're going to kill him in 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. What, well, like, what, I mean, I, ge- I guess you could have discovered this. The problem is, is then you're getting into too many things. Maybe, maybe we are able to embody the Max mystery in a in a person versus adding it to the swaths of evidence and making this too much of an episode, like we just talked about. Somehow we were able to make this massive scale thing, but still keep it small enough to where the investigation doesn't get pulled in fifty directions. And maybe that's what she does for us. Maybe she's like an anchor, like keep the maxing to her, keep the other stuff to you know, without without getting too convoluted. You know, yeah. but I don't know. We'll see. Well, I don't know how the second one goes. Cool. Um, <clears throat> pew. How about the Air Force guys? I like that. that. L- I like the main guy. I think he's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I liked. I liked his presence in this. Um, okay. Did you? One of the things we brought up in Unrequited was, uh, you know, the idea that okay, now you're trying to do too much. That was. Was it? Yeah, that was unrequited. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, where we, you know, okay, there's a conspiracy on top of a conspiracy because not only is this guy here and he has these powers, um, but the government knew about it and they're basically letting him clean up some of their own, like, you know, adding maybe too many, too many things. Sure. Here we have, we have a plane crash. There's this alien side of it, we think, potentially. Yep. Mulder certainly fucking thinks it. And then there's the government conspiracy. How do you think, you know, I, I bring up the Air Force guys in particular because they kind of uh, shed some light on that and then other elements come in, mustache man, et cetera. But do you think overall was it, is there too much going on? No, or- I, didn't, I never quite felt overwhelmed. Um, I, what I, here's what I like about the guy. I like that he is somebody that would make sense that they're going to talk to. Um, I liked learning, hey, we didn't talk to them because they weren't in our airspace. I was like, oh, cool. That was a cool little factoid that he didn't know, but here's what he does know. And I like that their investigation kind of takes them to him and he, and he sort of explains what's going on there. Like I, I thought it was kind of neat to have some kind of witness that they can interview because instead of just dealing with material evidence, it was cool to see them deal with this guy who has this like conscious moment where this, this, this is kind of the intro to the, this is conspiratorial. His buddy, what? Is it Gonzalez? What's this guy's name? He dies yeah. by his Gonzalez. own hand, but not really, because his gun's on, finger on the trigger, which is hilarious. If you think that's going to happen after you shoot yourself in the head. But um, <laughs> you fall out of your fucking chair. Excellent. Excellent recoil control. <laughs> Even in death. <laughs> he has that fucking crazy device with a point the gun at your head. Who invented that thing? But um, but I can't remember what movie that is. Chat might know. It's like they put their hand in a device to shoot themselves. It's a fucking movie or a TV show. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But, um, but no, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought it worked pretty well. I never quite felt overwhelmed too much. What, what, what got a touch confusing was when we added the third aircraft and then this aircraft was after that. I was like, wait a minute. How many planes are in the sky now? That's the only moment of confusion I really had in this episode, to be honest with you. Yeah, and it did like, okay, start to piece it together. The fact that Mulder jumped to it, though, 
that was my probably my hardest like really like how is that what he did yeah i don't even remember to be frank he was like well what if there's a third aircraft and oh he was well, we're back on the aircraft i thought you're talking about the the, the uh, air force guy well, well it was while they're talking to the air force mm, guy where mm, mm, mm. you know he he basically in this whole it's not all in one scene but basically okay the air force guy gives him the information that made it sound like the government was intercepting this aircraft, giving them positioning. Because the pilot aircraft. used the word intercept, right? The pilot used the word intercept was Mulder's first giveaway. Right. But then the Air Force guy is talking about when he kind of breaks and gives gives up the ghost of the truth behind it. He tells them, I was ordered to track this aircraft mm-hmm. to give, uh, you know, um, what does he say? I think he's good to give its position every 15 seconds. And then he got a second aircraft on his scope unidentified. Yep, they close right. on an intercept and then boom flight, whatever number it was dropped out of the sky, mm-hmm. 134 people gone. So in his mind, he supplied the intercept information to a, another United States air force or, or whatever to intercept um, said craft to intercept it and shoot it down. Mm-hmm. And when they can't find a second crash site, uh, I think part of – or I'm sorry, before before they came up, the idea of there being – the lead investigator brings up that there's no signs of this craft being shot down. There's no signs of explosion. Nothing. No, no debris. He, nothing. Right, right, right. He shows them there's stress fractures. It's like the door got blown off, but there's no – there's no explosive residue, whatever. All that shit he pumps out. So Mulder says, well, what if that second aircraft fired at a third aircraft that happened to be there? Yeah, that was a lot of and air. The guy's That's like, when I started going, huh? A stealth aircraft? And Mulder's like, spaceships are all stealthy. Um, and, then, and then he jumps to conclusions again. Mulder's jump to conclusions were pretty crazy. Because yeah. then he jumps to the conclusion of like, oh, there's no second crash site because it crashed in this lake. And that's why he ends up in scuba gear. Right. So it all adds up at the end. It's, it, it is a lot of Mulder, like Doing Mulder, Mulder gets Mulder being Mulder, Mulder being Mulder, but kind of without, he comes up with theories, but he, it's not just theories. He, he, he gets like hard. He comes up with things that are kind of like hard data off nothing like wild guesses. Like you, you came up with the coordinates for a second crash site of a hypothesized third aircraft based off what? Close enough to go fucking scuba down to it? I guess that's offset by the fact that there was that, you know, dude by the lake who said, like, yeah, there's weird stuff going on over here. But he Out yonder, to go that fucking the country boy. <laughs> oh, boy. That guy was... Yeah. Good reminder that every... Every... um quote unquote urban state has fucking backwoods that would make a lot of people uncomfortable. So mm. upstate New York can be pretty weird. Oh yeah. Get lost yeah, so in the uh, Adirondacks up there, you know? Kind of a kind of a rambling diatribe, but I, I guess I'm I was asking the question, but I was asking it because I felt like there's a lot going on in this episode, but I never felt like it was too much and I was never confused for too long. Yes, I think that's fair. Like I said, the biggest confusion was when we started getting into, you know, there's fucking a half a dozen aircraft up there. Right, because the third one ultimately was the alien spacecraft. Right, right, of course. 
which so we're going to see again in the episode. <clears throat> right. So your hypothesis as a watcher from part one of this, I think what they want you to think is that government knows Max Fennig is on this craft, mm-hmm. believes the aliens are likely to intercept it and therefore send up a interceptor of their own. Mm-hmm. I think. Like a, like the, yeah, something to escort said plane to, yeah, so it doesn't one, get taken out. Sure. Or, or the, at least, you know, maybe they're looking for evidence or I don't know. I don't know. But I think that's where Mulder's hypothesis comes in. Right. Because at the end of the day, he's always assuming where's the government fuckery? It's around mm-hmm. here somewhere. That's, that's where he starts, which I can appreciate. He starts yeah. at government fuckery. So now how do I, how do I wrap my long snake body around this idea? Squeeze the life out of it. You know, when, <laughs> when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Indeed. When you're a molder, everything looks like a government conspiracy. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's the, 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 the guy and the guy's partner ends up dead. You're like, wait, what? Like oh, the other Gonzales. air force guy. When he ends yes. up dead, you're like, okay, we're yep. on to something now. We're on and to then something. they're concerned for this guy's life. They're like literally escorting him around. Yeah. Give him a gun, Excellent. by the way. Hey, let's, we're concerned for this guy's life. We need to get him in hiding. Go to let's a bar. Let's bring him out <laughs> in his camis to a bar in DC. <laughs> Nobody will. Yeah. yeah. Scully, you stopped at your house. You don't have like. You you think know, she, I sm- thought she might have been trolling. She's like, we're going to go to the house. She's like grabbing sexy shirts. I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, her dad's in the military. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like a. So you can see that being like a thing. Could be a thing. Could be a thing. Um, Fucking command me. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you don't have like a guy's sweatpants and a shirt you can throw on this dude to bring him to the bar. He maybe doesn't want to go to the bar in fucking sweatpants. <laughs> Let's go to his camis. He's being hunted for his life. <laughs> yeah, maybe he wants to die. Okay. Maybe. I mean, he's an air traffic controller. It's a tough, tough gig. You know, I mean, we'll get to listener uh, comments at the end, of course, but we just got a, a long one. I call that dropped. a wall of text. A wall of from text. From Miss Blue. Miss Blue, who um, she did kind of say some disrespectful shit on the Facebook page, so I wasn't really going to. Reference her at all um, about the dearly departed, but um, do you want to read that just to throw some? Sure. In? Harper says, aside from the grandiose cinematography, this episode deeply emotional. Mulder and Scully have a beautiful moment to celebrate her birthday, and they have to drop everything to investigate. And we only come back to Scully's gift at the very end. Quote, uh, parentheses says second part, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then she's having experienced a whole roller coaster of emotions events, only to be able to have a quiet moment together with Scully, fully understanding how much love and respect Mulder has for her without him ever having to say it. That was tough for you to hear, Josh. Uh, sorry, I wasn't listening. What was that? Was that tough for you to hear? That part about I, Mulder? I, whatever. <laughs> Doesn't look like anything um, to me. You're like Bernard in fucking Westworld. I got a pretty important comment to read from Roger Don in the chat. Mustache man pulling an eye Clinton was cowardly shooting from a distance in a crowded bar. Great reference. The bullet didn't kill Pendrel. He died of a broken heart. Hey man, assassins aren't supposed to be fucking courageous. They're supposed to be effective, Roger. He was neither, to be honest. That's true. That's true. He got wasted. He died in the bar. (laughs) In his defense, he was incredibly recognizable. Uh, ineffective. He walked in like fucking Dr. Evil with a, like, <laughs> kind of cowardly. <laughs> yeah. Walks in to the hostess stand. Excuse me. Do you have, uh, 
I have this gun, he shows her, and I want to put the bullets in this gun, he taps on the magazine, into a man where, yep, there he is. Thank you. <laughs> oh, looks, never mind. I, I see my part. I see him. I see, I see him. Meanwhile, Scully's returning fire in the bar. Like, damn, yeah, girl, every, get Everybody's just free firing. Just unloading in a crowded bar. Gets in the leg. I think he's still, he's still kicking, so we'll get back to him. Yeah. Mustache man. Mustache man. Um, what else do we want to talk about before we get to get um, to some? I, th- I think we so, so, something this I really quit. That's okay. One thing I really like about well, we, we have time to spend anyway. One thing I enjoyed about this episode was when lead investigator decides to go looking on his own, and the showrunners decide we're going to give him a whole fucking scene to do this. That's awesome. That's the level of respect this guy commands in this sh- in this episode. He's interesting enough to go out and look on his own. And then, as we said earlier, he's going to start to think about things differently. And, um, and yeah, he gave, he cracked the, he cracked the bullwhip on Mulder because he deserved it for what, in his opinion, was being disrespectful to 137 dead people in a room full of a bunch of people working fucking 80 hour weeks to try to figure it out. So we're like, oh, is he going to be a villain? Is he going to be in on it? Is he just going to be a douche rocket? No, he's a pro and he doesn't like Mulder's horseshit in the middle of his debriefing. But, he goes and he witnesses the shit, and then he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's cool. And then he runs into the sister, you know? That is a, yes, super well said, because that's a great mark of, I think he earns it as a performer, because I sure. think he does a great job, as, sure. as you've already mentioned. But Gets a free hug from, uh, from Discount Helfer. <laughs> you know, nice tragic hug. <laughs> but a, a good, um, I mean, true professional level to... To put aside your bullshit and be, you know, somebody spots some absolute insanity and to kind of, you know, rightfully talk him down a bit, Mulder, in the initial briefing. But then when he gets evidence that does not line up with any plausible scenario that he can conceive of, not that he's going and to Mulder. literally and, witnesses a fucking. Well, right. But before he sees the goddamn right. UFO. Right, right. But to, to go to Mulder and Scully. You know, not tail tucked between his legs, but to go to them and and be like, listen, um, we need to talk. He had some crazy theories, but this doesn't correlate with any exactly. anything that makes sense to me. Exactly. Um, that's cool. That's that's a dude that really is trying to get to the bottom of things without an agenda beyond that. Right. Yep. You know, kind awesome. of swallow your pride and yeah. All right. I don't have a good theory. Let's go check with this guy with his fucking wackadoo theories. Right. Yep. I like and, the idea uh, of putting it aside to be like for for a very important investigation. For for you're sitting on 130 plus bodies. You're the guy in charge. You're 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 not going to. You might. I mean, then he's just a different character. There's plenty of people who would not put aside their pride in this instance, and it would hurt them, and it would be a bummer. But this right. guy does, and I like that because. I mean, what the fuck is pride to do with anything in this situation? I mean, career-wise, it must be a pretty fucking big deal to be appointed oh, yeah. the lead investigator of a, you know, a major commercial. I mean, they don't happen that often. No, no, not, you know? not, in, the U- not in the U.S. <laughs> as, especially. As uh, as another great uh, character from the show would say, he lucked in the World Trade Center bombing. Right. Right? <laughs> but he gets this case. That's, that's his dirty talk, by the way. <laughs> and, well, you know, I lucked into that fucking world transfer tomorrow. That's fucking me. And instead of <laughs> taking what's sort of being spoon fed to them as, as an excuse, like he truly wants to get to mm. the bottom of things. For sure. And that's cool. Without question. 
Good payoff. Yeah. I like it. Um, Uh, Also, Mulder, when Mulder goes to the lake, I mean, that lake is uh, Saganga. What's the name of it? It doesn't matter. But they go to this massive lake. Yeah, just drive around the perimeter of the lake and and there's going to be lakefront property. Just like, what happened? And if it happened, that's that might have been a miss, right? Maybe they could have gotten a phone call from somebody who lives in like, like, hey, plane went down in my lake. I was fishing. <laughs> Can you guys come out here? Like, right. my kid had the fucking he had the fishing pole off the dock, and yeah, a fucking jet went into the goddamn lake. <laughs> you know, if a jet goes into a lake, somebody sees it somewhere. Right. This isn't Siberia. This is upstate New York. <laughs> yeah, right. There's people around. <laughs> this doesn't this doesn't go down in the fucking desert. Yep. And because uh, that's that's actually right. That's the very last um, Pendrel getting shot and Mulder down in the wreckage are the other final shots of the episode. So yeah, he sees the wreckage. It doesn't certainly look like a seven thirty seven. And then sees he gets a, a real spook. Sees a gray. His reaction is phenomenal. He really is frightened, and I like that because you would think Mulder might behave in a way that's like oh. Cool. Run up and he, hug it. He, he, or, or just stare at it. But no, he's underwater. He's out of his element. He's like, fuck. That. <laughs> I love underwater scares, right? Like any Jaws movie, any underwater movie, the abyss, you're cruising around and it's like that ka-chung, ka-chung, ka-chung music as the hand floats in front of you. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> some, have you ever, some gnarly shit happened down here. Have you ever scuba dived? Nope. Just snorkeling. Yeah, I haven't either. I've always been snorkeling. interested in it. But also kind of like, I want to do this, but I also, that's fuck. it's scary, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm not uncomfortable in the water, but that is very much like a, you are, you're entering a place where you're not supposed to be. Correct. I mean, yep. you go 10 feet down, that pressure, you already feel it, it mm-hmm. fucking, it's wild. So in Boulder, I mean, it's a great joke to be like, I picked up a quarter off the deep end of the pool once. <laughs> Good but joke. that's. That's Mulder level of commitment. Yeah. Like I am going to scuba dive for the first time. Maybe a little silly to think you could pull it off. Was that his um, first time? That's what he, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't he, know if he was being sarcastic or. He might've been. I mean, yes, he might've been, but regardless. The plays is him being honest though. He's definitely not a well experienced scuba diver. Maybe he's done it before ever, but for sure. He doesn't have much experience. And then you're going at night in mm. water you don't yeah. know at all. And you suspect there's a crash at the bottom of it. Oh, and there's probably other people looking for you. Following um, us at night through eel infested waters. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you want about Fox Mulder, but the guy will put his ass in line for his fucking no, crazy. No, no question. Crazy. He has, he has conviction. Theories. Yeah. He has conviction. <laughs> Whoever else be damned. Meanwhile, Scully and fucking max's sister are flying in a cessna (laughs) what happened to the fbi's budget (laughs) that's it i don't like the look of that man (laughs) that's the best thing they Uh, taped up plane (laughs) (laughs) hey call the ntsb we got another one yeah we're gonna stick a fan on the front of this fucking aluminum (laughs) fucking thing (laughs) fiberglass not aluminum what am i talking about and we're gonna throw it in the sky okay are you sure about that (laughs) Logo Audrey's a big fucking scuba diver. Oh, yeah, that's right. I knew that. I can't believe she can fit that in in between all the wow rating, but that's pretty cool. <laughs> nice. People nice. that scuba dive and then go into caves underwater, that's, that's maybe the craziest shit. Like, yeah, that those people, like that, the idea of swimming under a cave and being like, cool, this is, this is great. Mm. Just <laughs> spelunking. Nothing, nothing can possibly happen badly. 
<laughs> take every, two super yeah. dangerous things and combine them. I saw Descent. Is that that movie? Fucking scary. Yeah. God damn that movie. I like it. Like it. Your dad does caves, says Audrey. God, that's fucking nuts. Fucking nuts. Are we certain? Can we talk? Can we get to the lead? Are we Is certain that Scully didn't shoot him by accident? <laughs> just a <laughs> fucking. You know, it's just. I, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of problems with this scene. <laughs> but, but nothing too, too bad. First of what all, what do you, Scully's great. Okay. Yeah, she is. She's the, the hand tap. That is a woman who has in many times in her life dealt with the fucking trunk ding dong. That came off so natural. Her <laughs> tap on his back is like, all right, dude, it's cool. Like I'm going to, I'm just going to walk away. Cause she, that's how you deal with a drunk guy like that. Right. <sighs> yeah. You just double tap the back, walk away. Has he been in that bar since the first episode or the beginning of the episode, by the way? Because he was like, oh, there's the birthday girl. Are you still here? Yeah. Should we listen to this? Sure. It's this is the VH1 behind the music moment, I think. (laughs) Sharpening my knives. (laughs) There's a couple issues here. You you heard it last call, right? Yeah. Birthday girl. Okay, so far so good. Hey, Tim Pendrel, I'm Dan. I have something for you. Where have you been? Is it bigger than a baby's arm? <laughs> it's definitely not. Oh, uh, can I buy you a drink? No, you know, it's okay. I've, uh, I'm with somebody. That's that. <laughs> okay. Hey. No, hey, no bullshit. Stop. Stop. Take a Pendrel out of it. Okay? If you offer to buy a girl a drink... Take Pendrel out of it, but you can't because <laughs> we, they have a relationship. Stop it, stop it, stop they have a relationship. <laughs> We will end this show. So <laughs> they fast. have a relationship. This is not a stranger. <laughs> yeah, usually what I do is like, la, 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 la. baby, hey, baby, <laughs> come over here. And then I bring the drinks anyway. That's what I do. You in- see a girl at a bar. I don't pick up at bars. You know this. Okay. You, this is not my hunting life. ground. <laughs> this is not my uh, hunting ground. <laughs> you know, imagine. Okay. Fine. You, you fucking role play. All right. Yeah. You pretend you're in a bar. Okay. Sometimes they come up to me, but that's a lot less. But go ahead. You see a girl, you know her at work, professionally, whatever. You offer to buy her a drink. You're feeling good. You're in the, you know, in those, that spirit. She says, actually, I'm here with somebody. Mm-hmm. Say what you want about Pendrel. <laughs> I think the fucking coolest, most gentlemanly, and most oh, fucking boy. badass thing you can do is be like, that's great. Let me buy you both a drink. That's a fucking no. gentleman no. power food. <laughs> you listen. Hey, <laughs> no, it isn't. That's a, I'm going to piss in your fucking territory move. You know, tomato, tomato. Okay. <laughs> that is, no, don't you start tomato, with me. Tomato. That is a that's a bar fight move. <laughs> you say tomato and I say tomato. <laughs> All right, let me let, let, stop it. Let me just play this. We'll be back it up. Oh. Stop, stop, stop. Oh, I have something. Could for he be you. any more Where disappointed? Been? I've been uh, gone. Oh, uh, can I buy you a drink? No, you know it's okay. I've, uh, I'm with somebody. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me buy him a drink, too. No, you know what? It's okay. No, you know? No, 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 no. I insist. I insist. I insist. Bartender. Bartender. The double tap is... a couple of uh, birthday girl drinks here. Tap, tap. Can I have a couple of your... 
Listen, I've literally done this. Oh, I know. Yeah. I've bought a girl and no. a guy a drink. Okay, but but let's let's set the stage. Also, can I just throw this out there? It Please. is really hard to defend Pendrel when you only hear his voice because <laughs> it's not a good voice. Hey, hey, birthday girl. <laughs> <laughs> What if I buy him a drink too, huh? <laughs> you, <laughs> you sound like you just ran up from the basement to get some more fucking high C from your parents' fridge to go back downstairs and keep playing fucking World of Warcraft. Hey, Scully! Huh? Oh, let me get you a drink too! Can I buy that big, tall Air Force man who's going to fuck you tonight? Up on- <laughs> <laughs> boy, I, j- boy, gee, I'd sure love to watch. I won't make any noise at all. I'll be in the corner jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> Don't no, mind well, the crying. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mind the crying all over Josh's DBX. <laughs> so what? Like, listen. <laughs> so listen, the difference is, is Pendrel has a thing for her. This isn't like, oh, uh, you know, this is a, this. I watched this and I went, "Ooh, I don't, know about, I don't know about this move, brother." Wait, what? Okay, what's a better response? I, well, oh, never mind. Have a good night. I here's what. Let I, me yeah, buy you guys listen, a drink. That's he's great. With, she listen. She's with somebody. He laughs, by the way, which I thought was the best thing he did. Oh. He he. <laughs> <laughs> Your Honor, your Honor Audrey is being brutal. She says he's had to buy the alpha drink to signify he's not a threat to the greater man. Your Honor, can I? May I please present to the court Exhibit A? I'd like to present into evidence this Facebook comment from Amy Nichol Gonzalez. This is what my dad did when he met my mom. She was with her boyfriend at the time and he hit on her and she said, oh, I'm here on a date. And he bought them both a drink. (gasps) Boom. (laughs) Her dad. And who is this? Amy. Amy. Amy Nicole Gonzalez. Amy Nicole Gonzalez. Apparently it's painting dropper move, but not for poor Pendrel, she adds. I think, okay, Grant Pendrel doesn't pull it off well. But I don't think there's a better fucking move you could make. Granted, I'm like a decade removed from talking to girls in bars, but half a decade at least. It's like, wait a minute. Let's <laughs> be fair. I stretched that way longer than I should have. <laughs> but, you know, like that's a fucking what? There's nothing bad that comes out of that to the to the. To the girl, you seem like a class act. To the guy, you don't talk to her again for the rest of the night. You don't even look in their direction. You know, fucking nothing. You send them over two drinks. They look at you. You raise a glass to them. You turn to your friends. You go on having a good time. The worst thing that comes out of that is that girl is like, well, if this guy doesn't work out, beep, boop, boop, boop. No? Nope. Because, see, here's my problem. I might, I see, I have, a, I have a different type of psychopathy because I know what's going on. I know the seed that's being planted and I know the class is horseshit. I think it's fake class. I think you're trying to make a power move and I go, fuck that shit. Oh, 100%. Right, because I sniff that out of the blue. If I was a, if I was a weak-ass Air Force guy, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, by the way. They do way more shit than I've ever done. But I for sure would be like, nah, fuck that guy. We don't want it. We're out of here. 
Yeah, but she's like, oh, this guy's weird and insecure. That might just pay right off in your favor. Maybe, but 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 well, they're also not dating. So let's be clear. This is a very different. We're we're talking very different things sure, here. Sure, sure, sure. But I know if I'm in that seat and somebody does that to me, I know exactly what that guy's doing, and I know that's not class. I know that that is some predatory territoriality, and I don't mean pred- sexual predator. I mean like this is pr- this is primal. There's a moment happening right now between me and the guy. <clears throat> Regardless of the girl, that's the di- but that's me. You Maybe that's my problem. Tomato, and I say tomato. Listen, some guys might be cool about it and be like, ah, eh, whatever, that's cool, you. But I'm like, he wants to fuck her. That's why he had to throw me in the mix on the drink because he's pretending to be classy. That's how I yeah. think about it. And then, but th- th- you just got to come back up over the top. Yeah, that I guy. Would, no, I pick up his tab. That's what I would do. I pick up that guy's there tab. There you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah, I would now just pick up. The, I would be like, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'll get that guy's tab. Hey, Barkeep, I'll take his tab. And then you're like, he bought fucking how much? Holy fuck, he's 300 in the hole? I think you just take, I think if you're that guy, not uh, this good guy. Good point, Carolyn. It's, his, it's her birthday. That's true. That does change the dynamic. That's a good point, Carolyn. Right. The best yeah. excuse to buy somebody a drink. Yeah, it's her birthday. You work with her. So yeah, actually, yeah. In, yes, in, the, in this, he's just a weirdo about it. And I think Josh and I are talking about it in scenarios that are very different. Like we're not talking, we're, we're talking about a very different situation, right? Sure. This is her birth and he works with her. That's a very different thing. So that makes it much less, much less egregious. He just comes off as kind of creepy. But yeah, <clears throat> just a little calling bit. me out. Maybe not. Maybe, no, no, no. I don't know about dating life. No, Fucking I don't. Know. Jesus, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about creepy. I think creepy might even be strong. I'll walk that back and say it's just awkward. I, there's nothing creepy about what Pendrel does. Yeah. I, yeah, the, I, I thought you were uh, – yeah. I think the, the move no, could be construed as creepy. If it's but, not her birthday, you don't work with her, and you're like, oh, I like that girl. I'm going to buy her a drink while she's with this other guy. That's yeah. a very different scenario than I work with this girl and buying her and her friend a drink. That's totally fine. I mean, un- unfortunately, <laughs> I hate to say this, but I don't even think Pendrel is equipped with enough – uh, guile or or anything he's of just the nature. Drunk, no, he's to just drunk have enough. the ability to be creepy. No, he's just drunk enough to try to be what he. He just he's awkward. Yeah, he's awkward, and his courage is coming out under the guise of the, the liquor. He's got he's got liquid courage, and he's he he needs everything going. He needs liquid courage. He needs an event. Mm-hmm. Like if he just saw Scully at the bar, I don't even think he would have the balls to try right. to buy her drink. Right. That's if a it was her birthday scenario. and he was sober, it has like all the stars had to align and all those stars aligned for him to buy Specifically Scully round that went through his chest. Air force gentleman, Sorry. a beverage. <laughs> and then he fucking ate, ate a bullet for it. Yeah. It was, it just came off as, cause remember we, we, as we get deeper into this debate discussion, we're also, we're also putting aside the reality of how it went down. No, it's okay. No, it's okay. Tap as on the get, back, I walk away. Right? As There's we a, get closer and closer to the end of the X-Files podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So to be clear, it's one thing to buy somebody you work with a drink, even though they refuse twice and they're with somebody else. It's another thing to have a girl you're trying to fuck be with some other guy and buy them both a drink. That's a way different. That's like, now we're in, now we're in some kind of conflict. Right. That's sure. a very different thing. But that's not the energy you get from Pendrel, right? Well, because because he's a different situation. He's a different situation. More of, he smacks more of desperation. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah. yes, it's as much as I defend Pendrel, he's obviously not. He's the furthest thing from an alpha male. Couldn't be further. Sure. There's nothing sure. about a power move in anything he does. No, I mean, he's just Jesus doing Christ. the, I'm going to do this because I want to do this and I'm drunk and I've always wanted to do something nice for her and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. he's. When's the next opportunity he's going to get? Somebody said this in the chat earlier, seeing the girl of your dreams or something, right? And you get shot. I, I don't know who said it, but anyway, but that's the thing. Like he comes across this woman in a social setting. He's never asked her out and he's drunk and it's her birthday. What better excuse than to buy her a drink if you're a terrified non-alpha type of personality type than that? That that's not outrageous at all. No. He's just a little bit. He's just he's pussy repellent, isn't he? He's got no game. He has no. I mean, he's not a terrible looking guy. He's by not. Any means. No, no, not at all. He's not terrible looking. No, no if, confidence. That's a problem. That's a big. That's problem. his major fucking problem. I, this is something I can see Pedro doing right. Scully like comes by the lab for something, and he's like, oh. oh. Yeah, and okay, he's tri- fucking knocking over his fucking beakers like a Muppet character. You know, she like grabs a coffee near nearby, and he hears her order, right? Oh, and then like for the next two weeks, he or she's working a case just in case she might come by, back by the lab every morning. He gets two coffees, one his way, one her way, just so that if she walks every in, be like, morning. oh, Scully, I... I I grabbed an extra coffee. Do you need one? Like that's, that's the most game he could possibly have. Mm, yeah. Every day. That's persistent for sure. And for 13 days <laughs> running, he throws away a second coffee because he hates Splenda. Okay. Actually, he probably likes Splenda. You think he but does? Scully probably drinks it black. Probably. Yeah. 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 So yeah, <sighs> it's, I, I, my reaction was my reaction, and I still feel like, ooh. I need to ask you a relationship-defining question. Go for it. Do you think Pendrel would be good for Scully? Ultimately, I don't think so. Here's why. Please don't hang up. Here's Guys, why. it has been a great time, <laughs> a great show. We thank you for all your listenership, and I thank you for the support. You can still hear Dean on the X Files <laughs> podcast, which will what be a, joy a solo that'll show. Be. What a joy that'll be! <laughs> me, me by myself talking to listeners. I have a rotating listener every week. No, but but here's how it goes. Here's what. Let me give me a minute because I'm gonna laugh. <laughs> okay here's why i don't think so and even though i like to play the game with you because it's fun to make the shippers (laughs) mad see you 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 i here's why i apologize to you because you mistake (laughs) you mistake my spitefulness for loyalty (laughs) (laughs) because i just like to go against the grain of all the shippers it it pleases me to upset them (laughs) 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 more than i'm loyal to you about vendral but no in all seriousness, here's why. I think I think Pendrel is a good will be a great partner for somebody. I want to make that very clear. I'm I'm not besmirching the man. But it's difficult to make a good partner for somebody when they don't find you attractive. I think you're I think you're entering into a long or brief waste of time. I think if you're not attracted to somebody, I don't think you should I and I think that's what's going on here. I think with Pendrel She's, he's really sweet. He's nice. He has a good job. He's responsible. He takes care of shit. He might be halfway good in bed. I don't know, 
But what I do know is that she doesn't find him attractive. So that's kind of the Achilles heel, right? She She's not attracted to him. So therefore, and, and I'm not one of those, you know, the, the, the attraction grew. I, I don't know, man. Did it? Are you sure? I'm not sure. Maybe. But so, yeah, that's the only, I think if she found him attractive, they would be a great couple. But because she doesn't, it doesn't matter what he does. Because as you know, attraction is not a choice. It's just a thing you feel and then you, and she just doesn't. It's obvious she doesn't feel attraction to him. And I know this is hard to hear. And I understand that this is that moment that we're having where the, the guy who thinks he does martial arts magic gets beat up by the mixed martial arts fighter. And he's like, oops, I, I, hang on one second. Nope. <clears throat> <laughs> Hello? This- yeah, no, actually... No, I, I, I'm actually going to be free on Thursdays from now on. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to start a new podcast. I'm just. Ooh, ooh. Is it called the, the X Files Podcast ooh. Part Two? <laughs> yeah. Um, I just. I have to wrap something up. So let me give you a call right back. Okay. Is it called right, the X Files Podcast Part Two? It's, who's going to be on it with you? <clears throat> oh, hi, Dean. Hey, well, hey, who was that? Sorry, just <laughs> got a. It's a work thing. I'm sorry. It's a <laughs> that's a fucking bummer. It's just true. Callus interrupt us. That's a good one, Voss. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, at the end of the day, it's the attraction piece. It's not an indictment on his character. She just isn't warm for his form, and that's a bummer for him. It sucks. Your friend yeah. zones, man. But but you oh, grow Voss. to love me. EX Files podcast. Let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> and every episode, yeah. I start off talking about the episode and then diverge into talk about, you know, there's a guy used to podcast with about the X-Files. Really just fucking, what just a terrible. fucking asshole. Just didn't get the show. Yeah. Just didn't get the do, do, show. Do, oh, he's so funny. Woo. Thinks he's great. <laughs> It'd be so funny to actually do that. Like 85% oh, of the episode. Just railing. Uh, oh, God, it. that's fucking funny. You know, but I at, do, the end I, of the, at, at the end of the day, you know that really it's largely, largely spite against the shippers is what's behind my pendrel love. Of course. It's, it's, it's the troll, it's the troll charm that I've, I, I've held it so long that I have truly come to believe it. I uh, I'd started uh, I, as <laughs> kind of just truly a troll thing. And I think right now I'm like, no, I really do. You know me, I, I, really I, abhor, I, I, I abhor the majority. So I just, <laughs> if they were all Pendrel fans, they'd be like, fucking Mulder's the best. It's, um, I mean, as, as, as ridiculous as Pendrel is, his character, obviously he's fucking spineless and has no confidence and Scully's far too much woman for him to ever be. It is as outrageous. Here's my, the, my final closing argument as we bury Pendrel and let's actually, <laughs> he will be briefly mentioned in the Popper's episode. grave. But no, no, he's getting a full honor. He'll be in fucking Arlington, bro. (laughs) Duty on our country. I will. This this is is called the friend zone patch of Arlington. It's as ridiculous to argue for Pendrel and Scully as I have in a semi-troll, semi-real fashion as it is to blindly and continuously ship Mulder and Scully and ignore all of the bullshit that Mulder put Scully through. Yeah. So that's it. Of course. Yeah. We, and by the way, that's the it. other thing that's trying to do with the shippers is to, it, it just became, 
it becomes a game of what are all of the weapons we can use to hurt the shippers? <laughs> Is it Mulder's nonsense? Ooh, how about this guy, Pendril? And let's be, let's be frank. It was a bit of a weak weapon. <laughs> Do you want to start talking about how Crycheck would fucking rock Scully's world? Oh, next yeah, episode? Sure, let's, let's, let's move into okay. that. <laughs> let's replace it. Or Skinner. Just pick yeah, one. Skinner whatever whatever will are, are annoy the shippers more. Yeah. I think they wouldn't mind if she plowed Skinner. <clears throat> If you try to make it see what they were threatened by was the it's not the it's not even that Scully is going to fuck somebody else it's like it's who wears her harp long that's what hurts the shippers right because mm, they're, uh, no. they're fine no no, with, no 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 she he, they had a huge issue with her having the briefest exchange oh, with God. that fucking gentleman in uh, the tattoo I, app I love that app I know nice nice we should do a watch along for that one <laughs> just to <laughs> dig the you know um i guess let's do some let's just do all the end of show shit let's get out and, of the way all right let's be done with it all right i gotta read uh, a comment here as soon as i pull it up because i gotta i didn't want the sound to be going off the whole time which is so annoying so i have to reopen the thing but i'm opening it now and here's who i want to read liza m if i'm not mistaken Oh, shit, a good one. Yeah, I looked into this earlier. Mixed feelings about the thing that happens in the episode. On the one hand, Pendrel is such a lovable side character, and he really deserves better than this. On the other hand, he really works great as a guy who has a crush on Scully, not as a boyfriend who could have a relationship with her, worked into the larger plot and primary character dynamics, and I'm not sure the status quo could have held differently. And here's the important part. Hmm. It sucks that we lose him at this juncture, and here's the most important part of this thing from Liza. But... I think it would suck more if he overstayed his welcome and went from endearing to pathetic. And that's was close for me because I went, yeah, ooh. So I thought that, that really summarized how I felt like, be careful, buddy, <clears throat> on the double refusal. Mm, yeah, uh, Discord breaking up a little bit. I lost you for about the second half of that or so. <laughs> Liar. I, I actually don't the, believe you. I think you're lying. I got the gist. Um, <laughs> yep. Good episode, Miss Miss Pendrel. I think Mrs. Pendrel. <laughs> Way to go, Liza. <laughs> so, totally concur. I get that. <clears throat> what do you got, Pam? Um, well, I read a couple, but um, I guess uh, I'll go with uh, Nikki Red. This episode was great and very interesting. The episode is dealing with aliens, resulting in a plane crash, which brings us back to the alien mythology arc of the episodes. Directed by Rob Bowman, of course, so you know it's going to be great in the cinematography aspect. We certainly hit on that. This episode is the Mulder episode, and with him going off and doing extreme things for the truth, like going on a boat, diving into a lake to find the second alien ship that crashed, and having Scully babysit Sergeant Lewis. Agent Pendrel getting shot? What? No. Also, Mulder, is that the best birthday cake you could give Scully? A snowball. She didn't say snowball, I did. <laughs> um, That's beautiful, man. You know, she did actually just talk about the episode instead of Pendrel, which was actually, to be fair, kind of against the instructions I put on the uh, <laughs> on the Facebook post. Which instructions, was, um, you know how that goes. Um, in lieu of comments about the episode, we request that everyone shares a special or favorite moment of the deceased. And I guess I'll have to change my Blue Lives Matter uh, <laughs> profile picture <laughs> before I get canceled. <laughs> fucking pendrel (sighs) and uh yeah there were actually it's funny because if you look at the numbers it says there's 16 comments but i only see a couple so i guess that's it you want to do three stars fucking bernard over here (laughs) all right 
All right. All right. You want to go first? You want me to go? You should probably go last on this one. Let's be frank. Okay. Your number one's going to be obvious. Okay. This is easy for me. It's fucking wicked easy, dude. I'm going to go <clears throat> number tres. I don't know his name, uh, which is a bummer, but the lead investigator. Uh, Joe Spano. As oh, you Mike said that earlier. Oh, oh, there he is. Oh, that's Joe Spano. Oh, holy fuck. I've seen him in a bunch of shit now that I think about it. <clears throat> okay. Here are my three stars on the X-Files podcast for Tempest Fugit, number three. Um, it's going to go three, two, one. Okay. Number three for me is going to be Joe Spano as Mike Millar or Miller. I'm not sure how they say it. If it's like Kevin Millar back in Kevin the day. Kevin Millar. But Joe Spano would be number three for me. He's, he's brought into this. He does an excellent job. His professionalism and the fact that he earns himself his own interesting scene, I like a lot. I like the way he handles that room. I like the way he handles Mulder. I think it's very solid. Okay. Number two, I am a fan of Mr. David Duchovny. David Duchovny this week crushed it. I think he did a really good job. Um, I don't know what it is about. He does have a lot of jump to conclusions, Matt, <laughs> moments to your point. But, um, but as an actor, I think he does a good job of displaying a muted type of emotion. He, he does do his little molder thing at the front. He gets shut down. He seems a bit muted in a good way to where he knows the weight of this entire investigation is on him. And he's not just, you can see it on his face. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he had to poop, but it worked. So David Duchovny is number two this week for me. And I think it goes to no surprise that number one is going to be Agent... Oh, wait, no. Rob Bowman. (laughs) Agent Bowman. (laughs) Agent Rob Bowman uh, directed an incredible episode. This guy is a constant surprise to me. I didn't realize that I was going to see better from Jacked. I call him what? Jacked Freddie Mercury. That's what he looked like, if I remember. But he he's such oh, a yeah good, that's right he's Jack Trey Murphy yeah, yeah he's right. such a he's IMD Dick. yeah he's he looks like a badass he's such a great director and um and he just really surprises me every step of the way I always forget that he directed Rain of Fire I think he's fantastic he's great in this and these aerial shots making these sets putting our actors in this position adding to the to the weight of the story as you said adding to what seems to be um making the characters feel like they're feeling this way and they somehow feel less like these superhero agents outside of jump to conclusions, Matt stuff. So Rob Bowman has an eye for cinema. He really knows how to put you in the scene. And, uh, and you are experiencing a lot of this as if you are witnessing it. And I think that's what Rob Bowman does without getting too cute with a steady cam. So that's that. Cool. Good stuff. <clears throat> um you like isn't there one more you have to <laughs> guess my three um so i think for number three <clears throat> i'm actually going to go with uh roger dawn who is a listener um to <laughs> i saw this coming the x-files podcast it's very insightful guy just like gets the show um gets the characters gets what's important um fingers are really on the pulse um, so he's my number I hope three. Not on Pendril's pulse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> number two. Maybe put him on that wound. 
I knew I would get you, you motherfucker. <laughs> Number two, I'm going to go with um, uh, Josh Effingy. He's a host of the X-Files podcast. Yuck. <laughs> and- Good God. I hate his. I hate him. <laughs> He's kind of, kind of just kind of just got some very insightful like outside of the box like outside the mainstream yeah well, yeah. Kind yeah. Of what a fucking rebel into the show and the characters which i think is great and very um it's very refreshing to hear um he's starting a splinter to be honest i think it's i think he's starting his own show <laughs> i think he has a new project coming up uh, to cover the bit of a and to not be held back by um, any other hosts <laughs> or <laughs> listeners that might have been confining him. I think it's a uh, it, it's, his opinion is important and brave, and brave. <clears throat> that's all I have to say about that. By the way, before and, you do number one, hey Roger, <laughs> start sending in your audio clips. <laughs> <laughs> might need uh, might need a casual guest host, um, and of course, number one, Brenda Beiser as Agent Pendrel. I was gonna say that fucking. Who was tugged on my heartstrings from whatever he's tugging on something besides his own pecker. First, and you'll be missed, sir. (laughs) You will be missed. Yeah. Or angels dare to tread. (laughs) May flights of devils wing you to wait. May flights of angels wing you to hear. And I'd like to raise a glass to the dearly departed. Mm. Are you talking about Tom (laughs) Skinner? To be honest, it's empty. So I think it's actually bad. Um, That's it's bad, bad luck. luck, I think, to drink an empty toast. Mm-hmm. But what's the worst that can happen? You can't get shot again, right? No. <sighs> not, not unless you really want to brighten up the mood. <laughs> I think that wraps this. I have nothing else to say to these people. <laughs> I have nothing else to say to these people. It's been a fun run of the show. Yeah. Well... When is uh, your podcast, EX Files, starting? The EX Files. <laughs> check us out. We are on, um, <laughs> we're on, uh, iTunes. We're on Stitcher and any other, uh, podcast. And, uh, based on uh, your app. insistence on buying drinks, a federal watch list. <laughs> and, hey, <laughs> ask you twice, buy one for you both. That's, uh, that's our motto. <laughs> two asks, then two drinks, unasked for. Damn. Well, I guess that's where, uh, Anything else you want to say in the spirit of the X-Files podcast, or are you done? Uh, no, fuck all these listeners. You've been listening to the X-Files podcast by LSG Media. Visit us on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net. Thank you.